0: You're listening to Behind the Double Doors, bringing you behind the scenes to learn about cosmetic surgery procedures and the latest non-surgical aesthetic treatments with Houston board-certified plastic and reconstructive surgeon, Dr. Bob Basu.
1: People do a lot of research to trust that their plastic surgeon is capable and competent, and that's the right thing. But plastic surgery takes a team. Who's doing your anesthesia? is, I think, equally important as who's doing your surgical procedure one of the most important people on our plastic surgery team, someone who you may never, not even think about is the person actually doing your anesthesia. I'd like to introduce you to Dr. Mary Ellen Farad. She is a board-certified anesthesiologist, and she heads up our anesthesia services at Basu Aesthetics and Plastic Surgery and our state-licensed ambulatory surgery center at Beleza Surgery Center. We've been working together for over 10 years, and we've probably done, what, over thousands of cases together at so. this point. Yeah, thousands. So Welcome, Dr. Farratt, and, and uh, I'd like to introduce you to our listeners.
0: Thank you.
1: Tell us a little bit about yourself.
0: Sure. My name is Dr. Mary Ellen Farratt, born and raised in Alabama, went to med school in Alabama and came out here, went to residency at UT Houston and stayed in Houston ever since. Like you said, I'm board certified and I've worked in... probably at least 10, 15 different hospitals, done every kind of anesthesia you can think of. And I'm so thankful to just be doing plastic surgery. My dream is to just have one plastic surgeon that I just had a little nice relationship with so I can do my plastic surgery and plastic anesthesia, which was always my favorite because you actually get to see a change right then in your patients. And Everyone's happy, everyone's in a good mood, and everyone's pretty healthy, and I love it. And like Dr. Bessou said, I've been with you now since, well, oh, it's been at least 10 years, yeah. thousands of cases just with you for at least eight years and couldn't be happier. Just love it.
1: And we've got a lot of questions for you. And so on our website, we have our listeners asking questions. We've got a lot of questions about anesthesia. And I'm going to pick a couple that I think we hear often from patients. So we've got a question here from Samantha, who actually lives in Cypress, Texas. And she asks, I'm thinking about doing cosmetic plastic surgery, but I'm petrified about anesthesia. Is it safe? And will I wake up?
0: Gotcha. That's not uncommon to be nervous about anesthesia. I think it's kind of like a fear flying. You're kind of out of control, so to speak. I want to tell people that anesthesia, for the most part, is very safe, especially in a board-certified anesthesiologist's hands. I feel totally comfortable doing even the sickest of patients because of my experience. But, however, I don't have to. The good thing is everyone who comes over here is pretty healthy. We make sure we screen them. And I'm with you the whole time. I make sure that I give you lots of good medicine so that you can help relax, especially in the beginning to kind of allay your fears. And I also, you know, take the time to make sure that I talk with each patient, call their family afterwards, and just make sure everyone's on the same page and everyone is not scared of the anesthesia. As far as waking up... (sighs) That's, especially with social media and all these movies that have come out in the past, we've had to answer that question quite a bit. And it does happen, but it is so very rare. And it's usually in a trauma case or a cardiac case. It's not in a young, healthy person undergoing plastic surgery. And I personally have never had any of my patients ever have any kind of recall whatsoever.
1: And we see the same things online and on social media. Someone says that they woke up or had some awareness. They didn't feel pain, but maybe they could hear things. Yes. Can you explain that? Uh, what may be happening?
0: Well, sometimes when patients are kind of in that in between phase, when especially when they're waking up from anesthesia, some patients feel like they may have a little bit of awareness. That's okay because you're waking up. But I think what everyone's really scared of is being paralyzed and awake while someone's operating on you. And that is so very rare. I think the incidence of awareness and recall, which is what I meant when I said that, Mm -hmm. is like 0.001% out of thousands of anesthetics. It's so low. I can understand people being scared of that, especially just from the movies and whatnot, but It's so rare that it happens. And there's several monitors that we have on you throughout the surgery. We monitor your vital signs so that if, if you're having a situation like that, or if anyone was having a situation like that, you can definitely tell it under anesthesia. And then we also have certain monitors where we monitor your in expiratory gas, which is the actual hypnotic that keeps you asleep. So You know, if you're starting to get low on your gas concentration, we have so many different things that tell us if that might be a possibility and tell us in plenty of time so that we can prevent that. So, you know, as long as you're paying attention, which I do, I'm sitting there with you the whole time, I don't go anywhere, that's a non-issue, really. I mean, it can happen, but not in an outpatient plastic surgery, ASC, It, it can happen on a trauma patient or a cardiac patient who's having open heart surgery. But even those cases are very rare. I can pretty much with 100% positivity tell those patients who come to see me that they will not have a recall and they will not wake up during their surgery. Not until it's time to wake up.
1: (laughs) So Dr. Farak, you've worked in some of the best hospitals in the Texas Medical Center and around the country. And we're blessed to have you here do our anesthesia at our ambulatory surgery center. Can you tell our listeners what is the difference between anesthesia services and anesthesia care that's being done, say, at a large hospital or a larger facility versus our state-licensed ambulatory surgery center at Bass Aesthetics?
0: Well, I think, first of all, it's a lot more personal while we're here because there's not so many members of the teams. I mean, when you go to a hospital and you have surgery You meet your anesthesiologist who may or may not have a cRNA, but what you really don't know is once you go to sleep, depending on certain shifts and when people are supposed to get off and if there's other cases arise, just because this person puts you to sleep doesn't mean that person will stay in there with you. And as studies have shown, as people switch off during anesthesia, the more switch-offs, the more potential for problems. I'm here with you from start to finish. I'm the one that talks to you before you come back. I'm the one that puts you to sleep. I'm the one that stays in there with you the entire time. And I'm the one that wakes you up. So that is important in my opinion. I definitely would want that continuity of care if I was having surgery and if one of my family members was having surgery. To me, that's the main difference. And that's what I feel is one of the things that makes this surgery center unique is that our little team is always here and we don't go anywhere and it's continuity of care makes for better patient care. I'm in there with you in the recovery room. I don't leave until the patient leaves. So that's the main difference. And then of course, you know, being at this state licensed ASC, we have everything I would need if I had to do anything to a patient as far as resuscitation is right at my fingertips which is wonderful. Whereas in a bigger hospital, sometimes there's different places for different things that you may need. And one person may not know where it is, but the other person who did is gone. And it's just, to me, it just is so much easier and safer when you have exactly what you need and you have it close by. And that's that's another one of the things I really like that the ASC is is really unique and and is unique here. And I'm very thankful for that.
1: And in a, in our ambulatory surgery center, we only do aesthetic plastic surgery cases. So there's not you know GI cases, there's not orthopedics going on. So we really are subspecialized just for the plastic surgery patient. So I'm going to move on to a question from another one of our listeners. We have a question from Teresa from New Orleans. She's saying that every time she's had surgery, she gets nauseous and she starts vomiting after every procedure she's had in the past. What can you do to help me not vomit after plastic surgery?
0: Well, that's something that I definitely don't want to happen. I myself have had history with nausea after surgery, and I try to take care of my patients like I would take care of my mom or family member. I don't want anyone to throw up, especially you know after a tummy tuck or something like that. So what we do, which I love, is and, and you've been a big part of this. Is we kind of go the extra mile in our antiemetics, and we give to most patients a scopolamine patch behind the ear, which is wonderful. And that they put that on the night before, so that has a baseline of antiemetic in their system when they come in to see me the day of their surgery. And then I give at least four different antiemetics. I do, and I try to hit every one of the nausea-producing centers. the brain. There's several different centers and each one has a specific medication that will counteract it. I try to do every one of those. And if we do have a patient who really has a significant history of post-op nausea and vomiting, regardless of the things that have been done in the past, we call them in a, a drug called Amend which is one of the biggest guns and uh, anti therapy we have. It's one of the things that's given to chemotherapy patients before they go in for their chemo because it is so potent. And we rarely, rarely, rarely have anyone even be nauseated here. And I I can count, honestly, on one hand, the times out of the thousands of cases that you and I have done together that patients have thrown up. It is so rare. And that makes me happy. And I've always probably given a little more anti-medic than most anesthesiologists because I just don't want my patients to ever throw up. That's one of the Mm -hmm. most miserable feelings after surgery.
1: Right. Absolutely. One more question from our listeners. We have a question uh, from Petra from Austin, Texas. Petra states, I've been thinking about a mommy makeover for a while. What's holding me back is I am absolutely scared about pain. What do you and Dr. Basu do to minimize pain after a tummy tuck surgery?
0: No one likes pain, that's for sure. And definitely don't want to have pain after a tummy tuck. You actually, Dr. Bassu, are very helpful to me in that manner. And that you kind of go above and beyond in giving your patients the expiral, which is a long-acting local anesthetic, for those of you out here there who don't know, that lasts at least three days for most patients. And not only do you give it in the skin, you give it in the muscle. So this, that's really important in a tummy tuck is you want to anesthetize the muscle because that's what hurts you after the surgery. It's not really the skin, it's the muscle pain. And so when you do your expiral blocks, I can tell immediately from the patient's vital signs, when they kick in is everything just slows way down and then they do great in recovery. I mean, I, again, I like an anti emetic we rarely, rarely have to give pain medicine in the recovery room. It's very rare because very rare. Yeah. I definitely am not stingy with the pain medicine as well. I'm not one of those anesthesiologists who's more into the hypnotic and is going to give you so much of the gas, so to speak, and not enough pain medicine. I make sure you have, Pain medicine on board more so than the hypnotic because the hypnotic wears off and then you're going to hurt. So again, I'm I'm not stingy with my pain medicine. And then with you, your Exparel, and you know not only on the tummy tucks that you do it on your breast sometimes on your Galaflex cases, and not even the exprel just the half uh, percent lidocaine with Epi. I mean, all that that you do really helps me. I can't take credit for all of the <laughs> pain control for sure because. That's definitely helped by you. But yeah, we do our best. And it's very rare patients complain of pain in recovery room.
1: Yeah. Like I started out the segment, you know, it, it really is a team effort to make mm-hmm. sure our patients do well. And I always love telling patients, Dr. Frotz going to be the best bartender you ever meet. I am. I'm a pretty good bartender.
0: <laughs> I can promise you there's no massive hangover from my IV medicines, too.
1: <laughs> so we often see patients um, that ask about, you know, anesthesia and they go to some other centers where their anesthesia is being done by a CRNA or a different professional and not necessarily an anesthesiologist. Should that concern them? And what are your thoughts about that?
0: It kind of depends on the person. I personally would rather have an MD just because of the history of training and, and the knowledge base. And I would actually want to do some research on my MD if I could before I got put to sleep. Again, you know, the, the less people s- involved in the care, it's less potential for error. And then also if you have one anesthesiologist who's staffing four CRNAs, which seems to be the norm these days, if your CRNA has a problem and the anesthesiologist is not available to help, you know, then you might have a little trouble because the CRNA might not have the knowledge base and may not be able to handle the complication that's occurring right now because they are somewhere else with another patient who's having an issue. So to me, that's something to think about as well. And that's something most patients really don't think about.
1: Right. They ask really good questions about who their surgeon is. And I'd love my listeners to remember that it's equally as important to understand who's doing your anesthesia. I'd love to take all the credit for our patients. Obviously, with this conversation, you see we work as a team. And I like to remind my patients that, yeah, I'm definitely taking the plane off the ground. I might be your in-flight entertainment, but I can't land the plane without Dr. Farah, right? And so (laughs) she is really critical to our team. And I keep it simple when patients ask questions. I mean, look, there are good CRNAs out there, clearly, and there are good anesthesiologists out there. But I like to keep it very simple. The type of care that both Dr. Farad and I try to provide our patients is the same level of care that we would want for ourselves or our family members. Exactly. And if I'm going to have surgery, I definitely want someone like Dr. Farad doing my anesthesia because I know her expertise and she's been you know, extensive experience doing much, much more complex cases than what we do here on healthy patients having elective cosmetic surgery. So- I want to jump ahead now and talk a little bit about you. You know, you work really hard. What do you like to do outside of work? How do you relax?
0: Oh, my goodness. I'm probably so boring. I love to hang out at home with my family. We have a nice little spread of two acres. We have two big dogs and three cats. And it's like one gigantic furry party at my house all the time. (laughs) So we have a good time. So I, I enjoy that. I enjoy hanging out with my husband We enjoy going out to dinner. I love to read. I'm a big book nerd and I'm old school. I want the actual book with the pages I can turn. Uh, I love that. Love visiting my family. That's really it. I I used to love to travel, but, you know, kind of in my older age, I've gotten to where I just want to be home. (laughs) I just want to be home (laughs) and enjoy and and hang out with my kids and I'm blessed that I'm not too far away from here as well. So it's nice that even when we have long days in surgery, it's just a, a little scoot home and I can sit by the fire when it's chilly or sit outside and watch kids run around. And uh, yeah, I mean, that's it. That's it. I'm pretty awesome. easy to please.
1: <laughs> well, thank you. Thank you, Dr. Fry. You know, I thank think it's, in summary, uh, for our listeners uh, in healthy patients, anesthesia is very safe, especially you're being monitored by a board certified anesthesiologist Definitely. and having your surgery in a state licensed or fully accredited surgical facility. So I want to thank Dr. ferrat for joining us and answering some important questions hey. that I'm sure a lot of listeners have about anesthesia, whether they're thinking about plastic surgery or they have a loved one that's going to have some other type of surgery, uh, anesthesia safety should be paramount. So thank you so much for sharing your insights.
0: Thank you so much. And I just wanted to I just wanted to add, you know, and I've done this before, if any of, of our patients ever have any specific concerns about anesthesia or want to talk to me, even in person preoperatively, I'm happy to accommodate them. I'm happy to call them, talk to their family, or even come in while they're here for their pre-op appointment, you know, just to kind of set their mind at ease, which I think helps a lot of people even before their surgery date. So anybody who has any questions, please feel free to contact us and I'd be happy to talk to you guys about it. Thank you. Thank you so much for having me, dear. Thank you. Basu Aesthetics and Plastic Surgery is located in Northwest Houston in the Town Lake area of Cyprus. If you'd like to be a guest or ask a question for Dr. Basu to answer on the podcast, go to basuplasticsurgery.com forward slash podcast. On Instagram, follow Dr. Basu and the team at Basu Plastic Surgery. That's B-A-S-U Plastic Surgery. Behind the Double Doors is a production of The Axis, T-H-E-A-X-I-S dot I-O.